0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: Aaron Rodgers is returning to practice. This isn't really gonna happen, is it? He's not actually gonna play for the Jets this year, is he? Also, the Seahawks have a big opportunity tonight, and Texans Broncos is kind of a big deal. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the Camp not miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all
0: major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Aaron Rodgers said he would be back this season, or he would try. Those of us who have watched the NFL and seen Achilles injuries thought, there's no way. Much like the character that he dressed up for as Halloween a couple years ago, yeah, he's thinking he's back. Back at Jets practice at the very least. John Brusco from Locked on Jets joins me now and and John you and I sat on this program a couple weeks ago when it seemed like this was a possibility that Aaron Rodgers could in fact or at least said he wanted to come back and thought there's no way what is your reaction now to seeing him back on the practice field less than 80 days after he tore his Achilles
3: you know I think the last time we spoke I said I'll believe he's taking the field for a game when i see it i still kind of feel that way you know (laughs) it's one thing it's one thing to be healthy enough to be able to do a couple drills in practice it's another thing to be healthy enough to be able to play in a game and it's still another to be healthy enough for it to be a good idea and (laughs) i think that as much as anything let's just say hypothetically let's play devil's advocate rogers is actually healthy enough to take the field i think he's aiming for christmas eve when the jets play the commanders i don't know the jets are gonna have a lot to play for right then uh, you know this is a team that's four and seven they're in 15th place because of tiebreakers in the 16 team afc they're two games out of the last playoff spot with only six to go you know two two games doesn't sound like that much but when you consider they're in 15th place have to get to seventh six games left this is a team that's out of the race right now. Now, maybe they surprise us, they run off a couple of wins, and this is a discussion. But even in this scenario where he's ready to go, why would you rush him back? Why would you put him on the field unless the games are actually meaningful? So I still would be kind of surprised to see if it see it happen. I mean, I I think you can never be you can never rule anything out a hundred percent, but it's one thing to see him active. It's another that we actually will get him on the field.
1: Yeah, Falcons, Texans, and Dolphins are the next three. Uh, And so it it is. there's a good chance that they're going to be not favored. They'll be underdogs in all three of those games coming up here. They could well be out of the race very quickly. This has elicited a lot of incredulity, John, about motivations for Rodgers to come back. I think a lot of questions of like, why is he trying so hard to come back to what is an obviously flawed team? And then there're going to be the skeptics who say this is a, a PR move uh, that is meant to inspire his teammates to play a little harder in case he can come back at a future date but is not actually designed to get him back on the football field what what do you how plausible do you think those sorts of scenarios are
3: You know the thing is because the Jets are out of the race we'll never find out you know if the Jets were actually closer in this thing like we actually would be able to kind of Figure this thing out, um, I, Tim look, Boyle. I,
1: don't fail us. Come on, Tim I want to see it. Fail
3: us. I, I like that. Um, you know, I, I long ago try. This is even before he came to the Jets. I try stop trying to figure out what Aaron Rodgers was doing a long time ago. You may know better. You may have a better. Oh, <laughs> you know, I lived I that life,
1: sir. Yes,
3: I. uh Your guess is as good as mine. I'm sorry. I know that's not great analysis from one of your guests on this show. If he were healthy. Do you
1: buy some of the explanations that are out there about why it would be smart or why it would be useful for him to come back? Because even if he were healthy enough to come back in two games, when let's be honest, they're probably going to be four and nine or four and eight or five and eight, it doesn't seem like a smart idea to put him out there to risk future injury when this whole idea is predicated on Aaron Rodgers fixing a quarterback position that has been broken for
3: what 60 years? I think part of the problem is that the quarterback situation has been an issue for the Jets this year, but the entire offense is broken, especially the offensive line. And I think that's a key point because even if Rodgers is cleared to play, even if they say, you know what, you can go out there and play, he's probably not going to be very mobile. I mean, yeah, it'd be amazing. It'd be unbelievable if he could somehow get on the field for a game, but that doesn't mean he's going to be, the old Aaron Rodgers and I think one of the things that set Aaron Rodgers apart from a lot of quarterbacks was his ability to create outside the pocket his ability to move left and move right um the best to ever do it that way yeah and I mean you, you can say you can you know this better than I do it seemed to me like even last year that was kind of going away I just can't imagine a guy who is coming off an Achilles injury if he's on the field three months later he's not gonna be able to move at all this is an offensive line that's constantly it's not just that they've had to play backups is that every single week there's been an injury so in addition to getting like lower level guys out there they've had to reshuffle this thing there's been no continuity offensive line is a spot where chemistry really matters so i even if he was healthy i really would hesitate to put him out there because i think he's going to have a lot of problems with the state of the offensive line
1: stay up to date all year on the new york jets by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on jets on your favorite podcast app and on youtube Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Seahawks have a big-time opportunity tonight. Before we get to that, Joe Flacco could be under center for the Browns this week. Wait, what year is it? We're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also a lot of weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. The Seahawks have an opportunity to keep pace in the NFC playoff race against the Cowboys, but FanDuel sees it as a tall task. The Cowboys are favored by eight and a half tonight. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same-game parlays are a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7. Covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The Cleveland Browns have elevated Joe Flacco as their number two quarterback behind injured starter Dorian Thompson Robinson. This potentially puts Flacco in line to start Sunday's game against the L.A. Rams. Thompson Robinson remains in the concussion protocol and sat out Wednesday's practice. 2013 Super Bowl MVP with the Baltimore Ravens would be the fourth quarterback to start for the Browns this season. Thompson Robinson started the previous two games for Cleveland but suffered a concussion during a 29-12 loss at the Denver Broncos this past Sunday. P.J. Walker was moved to third string. Police in Newport Beach are conducting an active investigation involving allegations that Oklahoma City Thunder guard Josh Giddy was involved in an improper relationship with an underage girl. This, according to a statement from Police Chief Joseph L. Cartwright on Wednesday. The allegations surfaced on social media last week. In a since-deleted post, an anonymous social media user said a girl who was seen with Giddy in videos and photographs was a high school junior at the time. The social media account has since been deactivated. An NBA spokesperson said Friday that the league office is also looking into the allegations. And when asked about it, Josh Giddy did not comment. After a season in which three Cornhuskers quarterbacks made appearances in at least five games, Nebraska coach Matt Rule was asked if he planned on addressing the position in the transfer portal. His answer provides a look at the landscape of college athletics now that the transfer portal is normalized.
3: Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know, a million to million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 want to say page. Right. So, um, so let's, let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So, um, um, you know, there's some teams that have six, six or seven million dollar players playing for them. So, um, you know, we're 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 uh, we just kind of believe in we just kind of believe in doing things like the old school way, the hard way, building. That doesn't mean we won't look at people in the portal. It doesn't mean we did it last year, right? It just means um, they have to be clearly an impact player for us if they're like a one-year player. Or they have to be someone that has multiple years to get in our program and develop.
1: It's to the point now where we're asking college head coaches essentially if they're going to dip their toes into free agency. That's what this has become, free agency. And these players are getting paid and that's all good, but... It's it's getting a little weird, just weird. Not good. Not bad. Not not anything. Just weird. Right-hander Luis Severino and the New York Mets on Wednesday agreed to a one-year, thirteen million-dollar contract. Severino defects across town from the Yankees, where he spent all eight years of his major league career. He's coming off a rough season, though, in which he tossed 89 in the third innings with a 6.65 ERA deal, pending a physical Thursday, includes $2 million in performance bonuses and allows Severino to reach free agency after this season. It's the first move of what we expect to be many in a rebuild of the Mets' rotation that lost Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer to trades in July. Beyond, Kedai Senga and Jose Quintana has serious questions. After signing a prorated $2.75 million contract for the rest of the season with the Detroit Red Wings, Patrick Kane could make his debut next Tuesday in his hometown of Buffalo against the Sabres. Six months removed from an invasive operation only two other NHL players have ever come back from, Kane is giving his surgically repaired hip as much time as it needs to be ready to skate. Kane, a three-time Stanley Cup champion and 2016 NHL MVP with Chicago, said former Blackhawks teammate Alex Debrinkit, being with Detroit, factored in his decision along with the popularity of the sport in a place known as Hockey Town.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: A month ago, the Seattle Seahawks looked like a no-doubt playoff team. And then, over the last month, they've gone 1-3, including dropping their last two in division to the Rams and 49ers. On Thursday night, to try and right this ship that has been taking on water, they get the Cowboys on a Thursday night. And then by the way, they have to go at San Francisco and then play home for the Eagles. It's not going to be an easy stretch to get into this NFC playoff picture. Corbin Smith from locked on Seahawks joins me now. And, and, And Corbin Seattle is in the playoff picture for the moment. What do they have to do to beat the Cowboys and stay in their for the moment? Wildcard position.
0: Well, they got to find a way to score points. It has been an absolute struggle for this offense for the better part of a month. They've scored 20 or less points in four of their last five games. They've really been struggling to put points on the scoreboard. No offensive touchdowns last weekend in San Francisco. They've got three Mm -hmm. offensive touchdowns in the last four games combined. So it has been a train wreck for Geno Smith, D.K. Metcalf and company for all the talent that they've got. They just have not been able to put anything together. If there's a silver lining, they do get one of their starting offensive linemen back for Thursday night football, who's been out since week one, Abraham Lucas. That might be able to help this offense a little bit, at least opening up the playbook, but it has been really difficult in the eyes to watch this offense. Yeah, welcome back, Abe. You got to go block Micah Parsons. Good luck.
1: Uh, here, here we go. Uh, n- no easing back into this one. This is something that, that, Corbin, we talked a week or two a- ago about, and that was this offense that has just not looked the same as it did last year. There have been flashes. There have been games where it has. Uh, early in the season, we saw them you know, put up 37 against the Lions, 37 against the Panthers. They have not topped 30 since September. So uh, h- how, do they, how do they get back to being explosive
0: in the same kind of way? Well, it's going to be tricky for them to do it, even though they've got the talent on this football team to be an explosive offense. The scheme just looks broken right now watching the film and you see receivers running into each other on their routes. The run blocking isn't where it needs to be. Uh, They haven't mixed in play action as much in part because they aren't running enough plays. They're near the bottom of the league in third down percentage. The red zone effectiveness hasn't been great and they don't spend much time in the red zone anyway because of those third down woes so it just feels like if this team could just have a game where they could get right with the third downs and actually hold on to the ball for a while there's going to be more opportunities to get the run game going play action and allow geno smith to take advantage of the receivers he's got on the outside and maybe having a healthier offensive line helps in that regard but if you may have noticed, I just listed off a bunch of things that need to happen, yeah. and this offense has really been struggling. Like I said, it, it looks broken on tape. Can they fix it? We'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, against this defense, not, not the kind of week that you want to try and get right offensively against all the things that they can bring to bear on opposing offenses. So paint me a picture here, Corbin. Take me
0: through, what is the roadmap for the Seahawks to stun the Cowboys? They're going to have to be able to run the football. And as I just mentioned, the time of possession is crucial. They have lost in the time of possession battle pretty badly in three of the last four games. And it's kept the defense out there. Honestly, the defense is playing pretty well, given circumstances. If the offense could just support them a little bit, this would arguably be a top 10 defense with the way they've been playing. But they have been out there nonstop. you got to hold on to the football. Keep Dak Prescott and company off the field. And most importantly, you have got to win the turnover battle no turnovers on offense. You got to create some on defense to feed short field to that offense and try to get something going. If they can do that, then they've got a fighting chance. But the way that this offense has been playing as of late, it is going to be an uphill climb against a really good football team.
1: Stay up to date on the Seattle Seahawks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Seahawks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Broncos or Texans will have to win on Sunday. I suppose they could tie. The loser will be in a tough position for a playoff berth. The Broncos and Texans have had remarkable seasons to this point. Not something we thought we would say coming into the year. Now they face each other with the loser staring down the barrel of a stretch run behind the eight ball. It's a lot of metaphors, I know. Locked on NFL host Chris Carter and James Rapine look at the importance of the game.
2: The Denver Broncos.
1: Mm. And I can't
2: believe, I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't. I hear you. Because those that listen on Wednesdays regularly know I was so far out on Russell Wilson that I was selling penny stocks to try to unload that contract. I would have gotten rid of it so fast. He looked like a shot fighter that was shot three years ago and continued fighting. It was rough. It was awful. But I look at what they've done. Young team. Solid defense. They have a running back they can rely on who keeps getting better and better, it feels like, in Javante Williams. I like how their offensive line has come on. I like their, their starting receivers, guys that can make plays. And they have a Super Bowl coach, a coach that's been there, a veteran head coach that clearly whatever he's doing in Sean Payton, it is working because we never saw this type of Denver team last season with Russell Wilson.
3: The team that's on the fringe right now that I think everyone needs to be looking very hard at is the Houston Texans. Sure, they're six and five. Sure, they have a rookie quarterback, but that rookie quarterback CJ Stroud is a problem. And you know what? I think that D'Amico Ryan's messed up in this last game when he when he opted for that le- for that late field goal. I was sitting there thinking, man, I'd be letting my quarterback sling this fourth down pass, get a little bit closer. I'd trust him over hitting that over your your kicker hitting the crossbar there. I think the Houston Texans are a big are, are a really big problem. It's funny that we both say those teams because guess who play each other this week? The the Broncos at the Texans. That could be a a hugely underrated matchup by two teams vying for playoff position right now.
2: I love it because it's it's one of those games where it could be the difference in in one playoff seating, of course, but who's for real and who's not? What stands
1: out to me is telling your past self, your September self, that a Broncos Texans game in December would not just matter, it would be potentially crucial in the AFC playoff picture. It's a reminder how much things can change year to year and week to week. The Broncos looked absolutely dead. We talked to Cody Rourke, our Locked On Broncos host, just a couple days ago about this remarkable turnaround in the win streak that they're on. And CJ Stroud has taken the Texans from a nice story and a good rookie season into one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback and now they're on the precipice of pushing for an AFC playoff spot. He is on the fringes of the MVP conversation. Talk about what a difference a month makes. It is crazy how fast things can change in the NFL and in one week, they can all just change again like that. And guess what? They usually do. And finally, Puck Drop will follow the New Year's Day Ball Drop for the newly established Professional Women's Hockey League, which opens its inaugural schedule with Toronto hosting New York on January 1st. The long-awaited announcement came Tuesday when the PWHL released the time and dates of each of its six yet-to-be-nicknamed teams' home openers, while also unveiling each franchise's home ranks. The game between Toronto and New York will be played at 12.30 Eastern Time, so enough time for you to recover after your New Year's Eve festivities. And it will serve as a lead-in to the NHL Winter Classic, which features the Seattle Kraken hosting the Las Vegas Golden Knights at the home of Major League Baseball's Mariners. Locked On has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of sports, with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, which playoff hopeful has the most to gain this week? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.